The Competitive Contractor Podcast is brought to you by Shivendra and Co. Visit Shivendra.com to find out how you can work with us to grow your construction business, be more profitable, and be a competitive contractor. Hi everyone, it's Shivendra Kumar welcoming you to the Competitive Contractor Podcast, a podcast for owners and leaders of construction companies globally. So, I ever wondered how we as leaders of the construction industry can leave a legacy and contribute to the vision of making the construction industry more advanced, more productive and more safe. Well, one thing is for certain, it can be done and it is becoming increasingly easy to do that. How, you may wonder. Well, what if I said that an opportunity provided to a young high school student many years ago today has led to an Australian startup that could change how projects are planned. And that is just the start of the story. Without giving much more away, I'm delighted to have Patrick Muncy from AV Group with me today. Patrick is a partner at AV Group, a professional services consultancy firm that provides the capture, processing, and analysis of geospatial data, primarily derived from drones. They specialize in photogrammetry and reality modeling for aerial mapping and asset inspection application across a wide range of industries. Hi, Patrick. It's great having you on this podcast, and I'm glad we finally got around to doing this uh, recording. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah. We are keen to know more about you and your career. So to start this podcast, as, as is the tradition for this podcast, do you mind sharing your story with us? Sure. Um, well, I, I've always had uh, a passion for, for aircraft and aviation in general, and um that started quite young and I was actually fortunate enough in high school uh, to be uh, accepted to go on to uh, a camp, a week-long camp uh, to, to RAF Base Ambly as part of the uh, Aerospace Challenge, um, as part of the, one of the cadet groups that I was part of. And uh, on that, that camp, we actually did um, a week-long uh, set of of workshops we got walked around the, the the base and introduced to a bunch of different businesses all all around drone technology um and that really sparked uh quite a strong interest in me uh early on uh, I, I then went to university and did a uh, a degree in uh, mechatronics uh which is a bit of a mix between um computer science electronics and mechanical engineering and um, I, I did another degree in uh, computer science, majoring in AI as well. Uh, throughout university, I also did uh, uh, some work at an aerospace startup in uh, Sydney, working on prototyping and uh, the, the development of custom drone um, platforms. Uh, so that you know, really strengthened um, my, my interest in actually getting hands-on experience with uh, that type of technology quite early on as well. And to finish off, um, you know, after leaving there and to finish off university, I actually did my undergraduate thesis in um, a feasibility analysis on the uh, last mile delivery of uh, packages, like a drone delivery network uh, in urban areas. Um, and, uh, you know, finishing off, uh, that sort of university stage of my life, I was talking with a lot of my mentors and um, my colleagues and like my peers 
And um, I started to really find the value in uh, more geospatial data uh, side of the technology instead of, you know, just focusing on the hardware and uh, the physical side of things. Uh, and that really sparked my interest for, yeah, the, the data side uh, of the technology as well. Yeah. I love how you use the word spark and uh, I think uh, the, the, the start of your journey is pretty interesting. Uh, whatever happened at the, the defense uh, defense camp, I hear of a lot of investment being done by the different uh, corporate organizations but, and the government on STEM programs and women in engineering, women in construction and with apprentices. And I think uh, this is a really good story to say, hey, I mean, they took a, a high school kid at that time to a, a Air Force base uh, shown drones who would have thought uh, that this guy is going to grow up and in a few years time uh, after university degree is going to be changing how we use drones in the construction industry right so totally different industry but applying that, that technology so i think sometimes uh, as as industry leaders we underestimate our contribution to helping the next generation grow i see that you are a, a product of it so that's enough about about of, of Patrick. Uh, I want to see and understand about Avia. So how did that then come by, and what's the flight been like? Yeah, uh, well, well, coming out of uh, university and having uh, a few more years of experience after that, I, I was pretty well set on um, had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to be doing uh, as a career. Uh, except I, I had some trouble finding a, a company in Sydney that did exactly what uh, I wanted to do. And uh, later on in life, I did know that I wanted to start my own business. That had always been an interest of mine as well, um, as well as my partner. Uh, so we just decided to take, take the jump and uh, start AV Group uh, together uh, with our family. Um, that was uh, two years ago uh, at the start of um, COVID, which was definitely an interesting time. Um, so we, we, to put it simply, what we do, um, we're a professional services and consulting firm that offers the capture, processing, and analysis of geospatial data, primarily derived from drones. Uh, and we specialize in photogrammetry and re reality modeling uh, in applications um, such as uh, aerial, ma aerial mapping and asset inspection for a number of industries. Uh, we, we, we originally started just doing aerial photography, um, but we soon realized that the more complex deliverables around uh, geospatial data uh, and the aerial mapping and reality modeling side of things was definitely where the most value was for not just us, but our clients as well. Uh, so we started really focusing on developing our capabilities in that area and uh, the software and automation tools that accompany, accompany that those types of workflows and um we've we've started um focusing a lot of our development around uh architectural and construction workflows uh making that data available and usable for that those type of, of our clients yeah as a young person uh, taking the plunge and <laughs> you, you make it sound so easy and then you mentioned the whole covid experience if there was one or two words that you could use to describe your experience of running a tech startup, going and doing something that probably not many people do, uh, just having like fresh into the world of the workforce or slash business. What would those one or two words be? 
Uh, I think curiosity definitely is a a massive uh, driving factor. Like just wanting to know what's, what's achievable, what's learning new things. Like there's a lot of things that have already been established and existing methodologies, but being able to take all of them and sort of join them together uh, and experiencing them has definitely been a strong motivational factor. Um, And, you know, starting your own business also comes with its own uh, diversities uh, around what you have to do, um, what you have to learn as well. Uh, So curiosity would be one. And then um, uh, perseverance. It it definitely is uh, a marathon to do, uh, to try and do all of this, especially over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, But, you know, those small wins of like, being able to go full-time, uh, getting your first employee, uh, uh, definitely those small wins give you that enough energy to go to the next step forward. Uh, and having a little look back, even though there's a long road ahead, um, getting to look back and realising that there's a long road behind you as well is, is definitely puts things into perspective to, to push you forward through the next challenge that you come to. It's interesting how you mentioned the word curiosity. I think uh, uh, perseverance gets mentioned a lot, and I think uh, that's something that every every uh, every person who runs a business or starts a business or works in a small business talks about. But curiosity, uh, I don't think so. Anyone's mentioned mentioned this on the on the podcast so far, and it's it's interesting. If I think more about it, I think it's what keeps the world uh, progressing. And I think behind every inventor. Every person who's done something unique uh, has uh, would would be a curious uh, mind. So, uh, and yeah, I'm glad you mentioned mentioned that. So, what do you do for your clients? Right, the, what the business that you have is very unique. Uh, there's not too many of you around, so it's not something that we would easily easily find uh, just everywhere. So, if if I were to see a vehicle with your company's logo on it, or if I were to come across your name and decided to find out what you do, what does your day look like? What is it? What is it that you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give an example of um, some of our work that we've done with that, one of our architectural clients. Um, so what we do is um, we, we consult with them on different locations that they're looking at developing. Um, so they, they do both the planning, the urban planning, and the architectural design of a site, and then the project management and fulfillment of the construction phase as well. Uh, so we'll go to the different locations that they're planning and developing, and we'll capture a bunch of data uh, using our drones, uh, other technologies like uh, GPS, um, handheld cameras, um, terrestrial la- uh, laser scanners, and we'll bring all this data together and create a uh, true-to-life uh, digital model of the location that is dimensionally scaled and positioned in the uh, real world that will allow them to completely uh, design and plan a site's development remotely from their office in Melbourne. Um, And this really helps them uh, with their projects because a lot of them are regional sites throughout all of Australia. So that's the the final end product um, of what they're trying to achieve with the data that we have. But that entire process is a little bit more involved than may initially meet the eye. Uh, it, it involves not only just the planning uh, of the flights and the capture of data, uh, but going on site, capturing the data itself, verifying 
um, and measuring that against uh, other baselines, taking all that data into the office, which often can be over a terabyte just for every single location, um, terabyte of data that you're starting to have to deal with, processing that, pulling everything together, and then uh, distributing that back to a client in an easy to use uh in a easy to use format uh, and then pulling some insights uh, and analysis from the data that we've captured as well so um, we, we really help them from you know every step of the process to get to that final um, that final end goal uh, and it can be quite challenging especially for small and medium businesses uh, to get to that point because there is such a wide range of uh, knowledge and skills required. And unless you have dedicated resources specifically to that type of workflow, um, it, it can be uh, time and resource prohibitive for, for these smaller businesses to access that type of uh, technology. Um, yeah, so that's that's how we help um, just one of our clients uh, today. Yeah. So if I if I take it into let's say in, in let's say my language, right, and how I would understand this, what you've done is you've created, you went out, you've got all these uh, instruments and the technology that you have, the photography stuff, equipment that you have, the gear that you have, and then you create these true to life models which then exist uh, in the cloud somewhere for your clients to access. And what that gives them the opportunity to opportunity is they can work on different parts or different projects using their data without having to visit the site. So these could be teams who are sitting in the same state or the same location, but they could also be offshore. They could be in a totally different office. And it probably, if I look at it from the client's point of view, uh, it probably ends them maybe saving multiple trips to the site and trying to verify dimensions and confirm things uh, if, if a model is uh, is correctly developed. Did I, did I get that right? Yeah, that, that's a perfect... Um alternative summary of, of, of what we do for that uh, that client yeah obviously there's a whole range uh, more of very specific scenarios um, that you can also use the data for but uh, yeah the biggest one is really around the remote um, visualization and interrogation of a physical site um, and in the age of remote work and mm. um, people wanting digital records of everything yeah, that's really where the the true value lies uh, for most businesses yeah and i think in the whole skills shortage thing that might help a lot as well because you're able to now utilize some of the key resources who might be sitting in an office or you're able to deploy and not have these guys uh, spend time traveling lose time traveling right because mm. it has now made made available uh, that's mm. fantastic uh, on how you've done it and i've been talking to you for i think a couple of months or maybe just over a year and sort of know know the journey and a lot of the things I know you've developed yourself and the team is a small team that's been building it. So it's really inspirational in terms of knowing uh, where, you, where you've come from. Uh, talking about innovation, right? Because I think that's the manner I can put this episode under. Uh, it's a scary word for the organization, particularly those in the construction industry. And add that to the start of the projects, uh, uh, I think if we were to implement um, implement what you're doing at the start of the project a lot of people will see nah, nah, let's get the ball rolling we don't want to try anything uh, new right now we can see about it later on so it's always uh you know we will we, we, we let, let's get settled and then we'll try innovation where you've come in you've gone right at the start of the project <laughs> right and you're trying to work in that space and make things easier for people right at the start which i think is brilliant so from 
as as a, as a developer of of a, of a technology that could change how projects get looked at and how projects get worked on what advice do you have for clients government and industry leaders who are hesitant to be early adopters and reluctant to give newer startups the opportunities they deserve uh, i think even just having that first casual conversation is is a great first step um i think you'll find most technology startup founders and um people who work in these sort of uh companies are more than happy to have just a, a conversation and have a chat about what they do or throw different ideas out there without any obligations at all so i don't think um you need to go into that thinking that it's going to be a large commitment just test the waters um have a couple of conversations and then um if something does spark an interest uh giving uh the power for someone internally in your own organization to take ownership of um that sort of initiative give them uh maybe you know a couple of hours here and there to to explore themselves um because they know best about your own organization what you guys need um and what the larger vision of the project is and having that strong point of contact can as well as that that initial first casual conversation um can can be a real good recipe for success of trying out new things um obviously you know a pilot project um with minimal obligations um afterwards is also a good um icebreaker and a lot of uh startups are, are more than happy to do um you know test projects or pilot projects just mm-hmm. to sort of um get their foot in the door and and show off um you know what what they can actually do because they're, they're all excited just to get um you know to to start showing people what they've developed um and that they'll they'll put in the effort to make sure that you know you, things do go um the best they can and and that you're happy um and yeah i think those things uh just being open uh to have that discussion really is is a great start yeah yeah so i think uh, what you're saying is there's no harm in having a casual conversation uh you might pick up a little bit more other than learning about the technology because uh, innovators like yourselves might might provide some additional insights that you might not have uh, have thought of uh what you've also said is that uh, given opportunity for pilot projects who knows this might be the next thing that changes the world and you've got a chance to play a part in it right so mm. i'm shy away from uh, giving that opportunity because if uh, someone's thought about it someone's put their minds and probably a significant portion of their life in it there must be something good uh, good about it and uh, mm. really with innovation what i find is it's these small opportunities that give uh, and they become enablers right so i think mm. looking at the technology and where you come in a project life cycle i think that data the insights uh, that you generate is an enabler for so many things that can happen downstream and simplify a lot of other activities everything from safety to how uh, work gets delivered how work gets managed and monitored uh, there's there's a significant opportunity so i think every other innovation like that uh, they they, uh, they are enablers so you get the chance to contribute to that mm. talking about the construction industry do you want to say something oh yeah so um i, I was going to say a lot of these tech startups um that you'll come across also move incredibly fast as well so you know mm-hmm. compared to construction projects that can take years and you know over a decade sometimes um the the risk of them being that point that slows a project um in the grand scheme of things 
you know, having that small conversation or reach out or even dealing with them, they, they can often move just as fast as fast as you want. Um, so, you know, to stem the, the worries about it being a distraction or slowing things down um, uh, may not be the case um, a lot of the time as well. Yeah, so the risk of uh, is risk of uh, going with an innovative uh, software is probably lower than the risk of not going with it, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, talking about the construction industry, if if you were made in charge uh, of changing, let's say the powers were given to you to go and change the construction industry, what three things would you focus on? What three things would you change in the construction industry? Uh, I think being open uh, to new technologies with uh, longer term benefits. Uh, so sometimes, you know, even you, though you can move incredibly fast, it may take a while for the value to be seen, especially um, if we're talking about uh, project um, trend analysis. Uh, sometimes it takes uh, a few, uh, a significant amount of time to gather enough data to be able to start mm -hmm. to analyze it properly. Um, so starting early, like we said, um, can be a benefit um, and it can actually speed things up uh, in the long term. So, yeah, having that longer term vision and, and not being afraid to initiate something now that may take a while to pay off um, and have longer term benefits would be one thing. Uh, another one would be um, it'd, it'd be nice to have a healthy change around accountability um, and liability. So instead of paying for lawyers, maybe... Uh, investing and focusing more on technology that offers, um, you know, the ability to uh, hold everyone accountable uh, and uncover uh, issues before they get out of control. Um, so better records of uh, project progress and and uh, project uh, state as well. Um, just making the whole the whole project uh, transparent to everyone involved and all stakeholders uh, would be uh, a nice change um, and improvement. And I think uh, the final thing would be encouraging more technical skill development and training uh, for the Australian workforce. Um, and that doesn't just mean like sending someone to a, a short course here and there. I think really giving uh, the time and the, the freedom uh, to your workers or workers in this industry uh, to take their own initiative to learn something new. Um, uh, it would definitely um, would, would be great to see and, and letting people explore um, a bit more specialised uh, skills around, especially in the future, around um, uh, geospatial uh, data and technology. Uh, and just yeah, give, giving the empowerment of uh, individual workers to uh, find their own improvements. They, you know, they may come up with an automation or uh, instead of just having the folks being this set of to-do lists uh, or tasks that needs to get done straight away um, would, would be great uh, to see as well further develop. That's uh, fantastic. I love all the ones. Uh, the second one is of very much interest. Uh, so just recapping for the audience, what you're saying is, for the, for the industry to embrace new technology and particularly those technologies that have a long road, uh, giving, that, giving them that opportunity earlier on to go and build the data up. So planting that seed and nurturing it earlier on so that it can reap the fruits of success much earlier than it would otherwise or before your competitor or another country starts to embrace it. 
I think the second point is brilliant. It's to invest in solutions before the problem, not in solutions after the problem, right? So don't mm. go and spend money on lawyers or on, on solutions that got fixed problems after they've occurred. You could invest maybe, maybe even it's not the same amount of money, it's even less uh, because you've already incurred a loss and then you're paying for all these legal fees after it. You might prevent the loss and save some money by investing in technology and other innovative approaches uh, the earlier on in the projects. So I love, I love that point, and I think technology plays a big, big part uh, there. And it could, you mentioned safety as well. So I think it, if it can save save someone's life, save someone from getting injured, that's uh, that's that's uh, uh, that's that's brilliant, right? Nothing compares to that. And I think the learning and development. Uh, they said that the organizations uh, will grow as fast as you produce leaders. So, and that comes with knowledge. If we can equip them with technology, I go back to the story about you going to ref makes so much of a difference. And I know there's many more people uh, in Australia, in our society, in our industry, like you. But the question is, how much of which, how many opportunities are we providing today? So, as leaders of the industry. Who, who have we enabled today? Who have we enabled this month, this week to take the path that you have taken or the path that, that has been given to us? So I think uh, it's really, uh, really interesting on what you say. And uh, just recently, I mean, we were having a conversation with someone from another sector and they're talking about the number of engineers. So engineers that are working for banks, analyzing data. So the question from, 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 from my side was to why, why did they end up in the banks? I mean, they're analyzing data, so does construction not have enough data? So I think it's how the other industries have enabled or how they have structured themselves that they've uh, absorbed a key uh, section of our workforce, uh, the intelligent workforce, and applied them in an area that's, uh, that's not really engineering, uh, that's not really construction, whereas we have the opportunity to do that. And I think if I look at the, some of the stuff you're doing, I think it, it starts treading into the path where we these engineers that might be working for banks will probably be more fascinated by what you do and it might be a way to pull them back. But definitely we need to invest more in our people and really empower them, enable them to create those opportunities. So I'll stop talking about it, but those three points, thanks very much for sharing those. So before we end this podcast, like what does the next few years look? So 2023, 2024, 2025, what does it look like for you? Uh, well, we're currently focusing very heavily on um, our software development capabilities. Um, we're looking at, um, and we're halfway through um, the early stages of developing our own um, geospatial client portal um, for the visualization and distribution of uh, all our uh, geospatial data and deliverables uh, through a web app. Mm-hmm. Um, there are ones uh, that already exist out there, but having our own capability will really empower us to do things that you know just aren't possible with uh, what's already on the market um, at, at a scale as well that will be able to you know grow with us um, as we try and scale the rest of our operations as well. Uh, things like the automation and the the other tools that we've already developed, being able to integrate those will be extremely powerful, um, not for just for us, but also in the quality and the, the variety of deliverables that we can uh, provide our clients. Um, so, yeah, working heavily on developing uh, the software capabilities um, is is definitely one of the main focuses in the next coming uh, coming years. Brilliant. So I, I don't see you resting. It's not. It's not like you've come to a point where you can you can take a break. You're continuing on and building building value for the client and making life easier for them. 
So before we finish uh, this podcast, where can people get more information about you? How can they find you online? And uh, yeah, just a little bit more about uh, getting in contact with you. Uh, to, to get some more information about AV Group, our website's the best uh, point. So uh, avgroup.com. Um, if you want to have a chat with me, just reach out on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to, happy to have a virtual chat or um, do a demo of a few of our past projects or what we're working on. Um, no obligations, of course. And um, I'd also love to hear about what everyone else is uh, doing out there as well. Um, it's always good to just have a chat and um, figure out what's what's going on around the place. Um, yeah. Okay, brilliant. I'll include the links, uh, your, your LinkedIn and social media website on the show notes. And the final message uh, for the audience. I know you're a man of few words, but you'll be, you'll be really good if you could share something uh, to end this podcast. Uh, it'd be really good. Uh, I'd really encourage everyone to do some research um, and maybe investigate the realm of uh, aerial mapping and reality modeling. Um, I'm seeing a lot uh, more people starting to, to be engaged and um you know, be interested in uh, the reality meshes and reality modeling side of things because um, they're quite visually interesting. It's a wonderful rabbit hole to go down, just learning all the different details, um, e- even as a hobby. Um, you know, it's just a really interesting uh, area to, to sink some time into learning about. Um, so I really encourage that. And, um, again, just don't be af- afraid of... Um, uh, reaching out to your local startups or just other people that may be doing uh, things in that area. Um, you know, you may find uh, and learn a few things here and there as well that uh, may be very interesting. Uh, and uh, finally, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, my interactions with you over the last um, year or two have, have been great uh, tools to help us, you know, through the, the tendering and, um, a lot of our other projects uh, reaching out to government agencies as well. So um, working with you in the Business Connect um, resources has, has been awesome. And it's um, really given us the confidence to, to reach out to some of the larger projects um, and, and to start to leverage you know, some of the more specialised skills that we've, we've developed uh, with our other commercial projects. Yeah. Brilliant, Patrick. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been inspirational working and seeing your journey and seeing how you've come through and work on those projects. And yeah, employee number one, I remember that conversation as well. So, so well, well done on that. Uh, and uh, yeah, appreciate having you on this podcast and uh, the support you've provided to the industry, to the innovation you're bringing in. And your insights in this podcast will help many construction business owners and leaders grow their business and become a competitive uh, contractor. Wishing you all the best. And uh, yeah, I'll, let, I'll, uh, I'll definitely be in touch. And hopefully we can do another episode with you with, uh, with uh, some of the goals that you've mentioned uh, completed. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye.